Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a playoff football Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, here for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thanks for tuning in here this morning. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. At the bottom of the hour, Chris Williams will join us. Uh, Looks like Matt Campbell has completed his coaching staff. We'll get the latest on that. Obviously, go back to earlier in the week as Iowa State put another one, convincing one in the win column to move to uh, 3-0 in Big Ten, uh, Big 12 play. 4-0. That was the fourth one uh, in Big Ten, uh, Big 12 play. I'll get it right. Um, And also previewing, of course, uh, Kansas tomorrow as that's a 3 o'clock tip. ESPN Plus as Kansas and Iowa State. Have you heard? Uh, in the 12 o'clock hour, Mike Palm will join us, Vice President of Operations from Circus Sports. He will be here. Uh, get the lay of the land. What's the, some of the line movement? What are they seeing out in uh, Las Vegas pursuant to the wild card games this weekend? And then we will catch up with Wade Looking Bill. Uh, we'll recap last night's game, preview the Maryland game coming up at also 3 o'clock. 3.30. 3.30 on a Sunday afternoon, right in the middle of the Vikings and the Giants. Here come the Terps and the Hawks. So pretty busy weekend of sports. Pretty good weekend of sports uh, with a whole lot of football. But we have to start with last night and the what will be, at least to this point in his career, remembered as the Peyton Sanford game. I hope there's more coming, that we bump that one out of its place. Also, um, yes, uh, he was really good. Uh, but so was Josh Dix. Yes, he was. Uh, maybe as big a... Because we knew that Peyton Sanford had this in him. We'd yet to see this, really, from Josh Dix in Big Ten play. Played 31 of the 45 available minutes. What does that mean? And who? At, at, and at uh, whose expense? Tony Perkins? Tony Perkins, Aaron Ulis. Those two guys that... You know, going back to when I was there Thursday, you saw them a lot. Working on their legs. They kind of had that little handheld device mm-hmm. that they use. And they're not right. But not just are their basketball not right and they're not playing well. Mentally, you wonder where they are. Now, it was good to see both those guys engaged late in the game as the four-point play and they cut over to the bench. Isn't that something? They're both into it and things like that because you're a couple of starters. And you got pulled for all intents and purposes for the whole second half of the game. Mm -hmm. It's been easy to pout, Mm -hmm. drop your head. And there was a little of that, to be fair. But they were still there. They were still engaged even if things are not going well. I still believe in Tony Perkins. I still believe in the skill. I never thought Aaron Euless was a top half Big Ten starting point guard. Yeah, Not a bad team. He could be a starter, right, right. but more than likely a backup. Mm-hmm. If he's on a good team, probably a backup point guard is, is likely the he's role 14, for him. 16 minutes. But we've seen Perkins play at a high level. Yeah, we have. We've seen him do it's it. has been both. a while, though, to be fair. Yeah, at, at the point guard position and the off-guard position. We've seen him do it, though, in Big Ten play. Is it physical? Is it mental? The hope is, well, we just saw it. When he started with, with Peyton Sanford, right? Yeah. He was able to pull himself what out a, of a what terrible a turnaround. Slot. What a turnaround. And the hope is that you can get the same out of to- Tony Perkins. But I'm going to guess you're pushing different buttons. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's wired differently. Fran, now that is their next job. All right, you fix Peyton Sanford. Now next. <laughs> Does go, it ever end? <laughs> yes, go fix Tony Perkins, right? And, and get him back out there and playing at the level, certainly, that we know that he can. Riley Mulvey. Let's go there for a couple yeah. of minutes. Uh, that's the most I've seen him play. Uh, there was one ball that got over his head when they tried to throw it. Not the length of the court, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of got over his head. But you know what, Trent? Other than that, he didn't look 
out of place. Nope. Position wise, he seemed to, to know where he was. Like he's not the most athletic guy on his feet, not the most nimble. Um, but it was good that he was able to get in there last night and play some significant minutes at uh, at uh, important times of that basketball game. So we're not going to see him 13 minutes out, out of every game, but it's nice to know that if Robracha is uh, in a little bit of foul trouble, as you happened to point out yesterday on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just I knew let that as so soon as it happened, I, I went to Twitter and I started, three, two, when am I going to hear from Condon? And it wasn't long after that. Uh, but um, it was good to see that when Robracha is in foul trouble or just does need a blow or whatever uh, in a good life he can't answer the bell and what's that prognosis there have you heard as far as timeline for him no I haven't either kind of a guessing game mm-hmm. on that front but to Bolvi you know the Riley Mulvey recruitment going back and what we talked about a couple of times when he's been brought up is he should be a true freshman mm-hmm. he left high school early and Think of the development of big guys, you know, seven-footers throughout time, and the guys that are kind of similar stature. Jared Reiner, he was a top-50 player. I mean, he had big-time offers, Kansas, UConn. He, it took a while, right, mm-hmm. before he was comfortable. Same thing, another guy from Ed Woodbury, right? It, yeah. it took a while, and the skills offensively never developed. We know what a defender he was, but it took a while for him to get there. Go way back, Les Jepsen. I mean, that guy couldn't walk and chew gum at the Bo same Bell, time. Bo North Dakota. <laughs> That's right. He was brutal. Yeah. And by his senior year, mm-hmm. he averaged 17 points a game. Was he it was seven foot for sure? Seven, seven one, one, one think, was yeah. he really? He looked so unorthodox. Couldn't walk. AC Earl, there's another one. Yeah. It takes a while for these guys to develop. And with Riley Mulvey, you just get those minutes. Mm-hmm. And if it happens again, Robracha gets two fouls. And instead of four minutes left, there's nine minutes left against Purdue. He can go in there sure. and hold his own. Whether, Nobody's going to slow what? down Edie. No, no. But whether Robracha is in foul trouble or not, I think you have to get him. And now on you the can floor. steal a couple minutes uh-huh. and you That's feel what more you're comfortable. looking to do. Right. Totally agree. Because what he played, like, I think it was a minute 44 in the Indiana game. Came in there mm-hmm. and kind of ran up and down the floor, said, all right, he's not falling over. <laughs> he so ra- the bar's not set real high. Well, <laughs> that's kind of where we are right now at this point. Got up and down the floor. You know, when Dickinson was in there, he hustled up in mm-hmm. front of him, got a couple of buckets in the inside. Yeah, he. He looked okay, which, from what we heard, there was that time in the, t- the summer. I think it was Kenny Murray said. He was struggling to put his left foot in front of his right. Yeah, it was. We heard, he's kind of coming on. And then it started to dissipate. Yeah. And then we got into camp, and it's just not happening. Right. It's going to be all Robracha all the time. Well, now there's at least a little bit of hope there. Good to see. Steal six, eight minutes a game, something like that. If he can do that, that's going to help out. And we go through and we talk about this whole game and all these players. We don't bring up Chris Murray, who didn't shoot it great. Nobody played every one of the 45 available played minutes, Chris. 45 minutes. Chris, did you see what Chris. he said after the game? No, I did not. said, uh, probably going to spend a lot of day tomorrow horizontal. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. Good for him. And then they'll whatever they're going to do tomorrow, get, uh, get set for the uh, Maryland game. They're on a roll, Trent. They're on a run. And, um, you know, 20 minutes into the Indiana game, who saw this coming? Not very many people, but it's clearly everybody have, uh, happy that they indeed have found their way to this point. Connor McCaffrey was Connor McCaffrey. He's not going to fill it up on the stat sheet, but he's going to be a coach on the floor, and he was again last night. But Peyton Sanford, my God, some of those, the confidence level from where he was to where he's at, he's just, you could just see it almost exuding off of him. He couldn't make a layup. He had like three he different stick totally backs. totally lost. Offensive rebounds, easy putbacks. Nobody mm-hmm. around him, and he mm-hmm. missed. Yeah, Missed one against Nebraska. I think he missed one against Penn State, too. He was hurrying everything. He was rushing. He just he couldn't get it. And I told you, being there last week in the Indiana game, 
after he hit that shot early in the game. You just tell. It was. It made it, I think, 23-7. They were down 23-4. That made it 23-7. And just the crowd would say, yes, yes, come on. That's mm-hmm. got to be it. And just trying to will him mm-hmm. to get that confidence. And now we come a week later, and this dude's hitting four-point plays. <laughs> How about on the tip ball, the stick back there? First of all, the know-how to go up there and know there's three on the shot clock. i got to mm-hmm. get this thing up yep. there. Contort your body. Throw it yep. off the glass. I uh, listened to well, an interview. falling he, down. He was on field of 68 last night. Oh, was he really? And uh, he said, I was just trying to get it up at the rim, and hopefully maybe somebody else could get it up there. And yeah. he got undercut, and he got fouled in a three-point play. But you're right, that confidence that comes off him. And there's some leadership qualities, too. We talked about what we've seen from him, even when he wasn't playing great. You know, Being one of those leaders out there, and certainly when you look at you know, kind of that next class, when... Rabracha and Connor and Chris, those guys are gone. You're going to need that. You, you and it mean looks next like next year, yeah. And it looks like Peyton Sanford has those kind of qualities that you want. Yeah, he certainly did last night. It's great to see. I'm very happy for him because it was. Uh, uh, you, you hate to see anybody go through struggles like that, right? Look at sports; it's not supposed to be easy. Uh, but he was just, uh, he was just totally lost out there. But man, he has got it going on now. Josh Dix was a um, a real bright spot in the basketball game. We talked about him. Uh, who we missed? Oh, Chris Murray, we should probably say. Now, he did take a couple of threes. Uh, there was a couple of minutes left in overtime. He, I thought he took a three that was like... Um, didn't need you know, it. Didn't need the three at that yeah. time. And didn't, um, that was, and then the one that, um, um, that Sanford went up and put back in. Let's get Jeff in here real quick. I want to move on. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. A uh, couple quick things. Uh, Iowa's up to 38 in the net. Uh, as much as we, we want to talk about that Eastern Illinois game, if they take care of business, that, that game is going to mean absolutely nothing in February and March. Um, number two, I don't know if you guys talked about their defense. Their defense is going to lose them in March or if they go into the tournament. Uh, another horrendous, I don't know if they were playing a little bit of zone, a little bit of man, but they're closing out with their hands down. Yeah. I don't know who, I don't know who taught them to close, to close out with their hands down. That, <laughs> But that was, I mean, if you know anything about basketball, that's it's terrible defense. And then number two, Howard's kid. Again, I'm not, I'm not on the coaching staff, but can't we run them off the line? Can't we jump them, get the ball out of his hands? Can we face guard them? Um, those kind of small little details, which to a lot of people they might that might not mean nothing, but we can't have a half that we give up fifty to Indiana or have a kid go off for almost 30 in the first half, mm-hmm. in March, that will lose you a game. That's yes. another bounce out that they're done early, and we're all talking about well, how they lose. Well, we're, we're closing out with our hands down. Um, so, moving on. Um, offensively, again, Chris Murray looks like 100%. Now, we can rag on him. Yeah, he did shoot. I believe he shot four for 13 from three. But he damn near shot 50% from the field. And he's driving with a purpose. And, again, you guys brought up Dick. I think Dick is going to be a game changer. I do, too. I think he's got a real chance. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, and it was funny that Fran's like, hey, we got to play Dick more in the next game. He only plays two minutes. And then he comes out and he plays 32 minutes this game. They just got to find a right, the right tune for Dick. And Stanford coming on. Again, guys, I've never wavered. And I'm not – I did say Sweet 16. But when this team's clicking and you have, you know, Baracha – again, I think Baracha had, I don't know, 13 and 12. He's playing like an honorable mentioned 13 Big Ten player, which none of us no. would have said that when he came here. So it's good. It's good to see the Hawks win. Trent, have a good day. 
Uh, the Godfather. Have a good day. Thank Bye-bye. you, Jeff. Good to hear from you. <laughs> you the, the defensive thing is something that needs to be talked about. He, he's exactly right because, yeah, great getting the win. Down seven with two minutes to play. Thought mm-hmm. it was over again, and they find a way. Mm-hmm. But the continued times early in that game, they kept going under screens as they're hitting shots. He just... Like Jeff said, this is basketball one-on-one stuff. This is sloppiness on that end of the floor. I know Fran's an offensive coach. They're, I think, 117th after last night in defensive efficiency. Even if he could get that in the top 80, 75, you know, something like that, and at least be a little bit better. One surprising number, though. So I I took a look here at some of the advanced metrics for individual players. And one of them, defensive box plus minus, basically measures, you know, how good the team is when you're out there on the floor. The best of the regulars is Connor McCaffrey. Not a real big surprise. Mm-hmm. He's not an elite athlete or anything like that, but so smart, knows what he's doing with the ball that makes sense and probably gets guys on the floor with him in the right spot. Second on the team, Josh Dix. Already. Would not have thought that. No. Would not have thought that. Now, if he continues to play yep. this way defensively. Although, you know what? You, you said, I think, the last time he played that you were yeah. impressed with his defense he as much so as anything. He was so good. Yeah, in that zone, he was mm-hmm. so good closing out on guys. And, yeah, he was actually one of the few guys that closes out and has, a, has his hand up <laughs> as he was closing out and coming up on those shooters. They kept going under screens. And it wasn't just that. You know, Jeff said, he can't just close out hard. There were so many times during... It wasn't nobody could close out because nobody was there. These were wide open three pointers. They went away from the zone, went back to man a little bit, and you saw in the second half as they started to slow them down at least a little bit. It was Chris Murray that was guarding Jet Howard a lot. Jet Howard, what, what, a, what she made herself a lot of money last night. Ten I think. NBA scouts. Yeah, I saw night. that. How about yeah. that? And uh, he put on a show for him, no doubt. All right, where I wanted to go with you was the um, the changing world that we live in. With Elite Sportsbook writing a check for $500,000 to the Iowa Swarm. And are those Elite Sportsbook representatives that were pictured with Fran? I think so. Um, Right? It it had to be. And uh, and, uh, Coach Bluter had to be. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's it's hard to believe that it wasn't too many years ago that, you know, the frowned upon that hey, I mean, you couldn't get an extra sandwich for crying out loud. Please, sir, I want some more. No, you've had your share. No cream cheese on your no, bagel. No, no, it counts no. as a meal. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's asking too much. Here's a dry bagel. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> and be thankful. <laughs> yes. Um, but to where we were and to where we're at now, and now we're seeing a casino, a sportsbook operator uh, that has three properties in the state. I believe so, yeah. That sounds right. Two or three, anyways, uh, in the state of Iowa, willing to write a $500,000 check to be the exclusive uh, casino for the Iowa Swarm. Wow. I mean, I'm glad. Don't give me, I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, what does Iowa State do? Need an answer, right? I think. Now, remember, this was also not just to the University of Iowa. This was to the Swarm. This was to the collective. Swarm, right, right. That, that was the most surprising component. We've seen Riverside do, obviously, a ton of things sure. there, and we've seen Jefferson with Wild Rose do things with Iowa State. This is taking it. To pay the players. Completely different right. level and money coming in, yes, from a property. There's no legislation. No. There's nothing on the books by the NCAA, and if it's going to be allowed, mm-hmm. so be it. Hmm. Is this something that continues? I'm not so sure. Well, how can you go back? So, I mean. Right. That, that's the problem, right? And because they didn't put any guardrails in place, mm-hmm. you've opened it up to this and, and allowing that to happen. We can't bet on player props. I can't bet over under 23 and a half points on Chris Murray. Yeah, but you can get a check for five hundred thousand dollars from a casino. Going, from that, that's 
Well, that's I guess where we are today. Yeah, that that's pushing it right to the edge. Yes. And, uh, and if there's there's like kind of like the Wild West out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, is that the first casino? I mean, I know it, I think it is in the state of Iowa. I haven't heard. I wonder if anybody. There has to be. There has to be somebody that's gone first in the country. A casino in, in I don't know. We picked a spot mm-hmm. uh, that's written check to a collective. You would think so. Yeah, y- but- it would. But and and it might be a David Purdom question, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. I might hit him up on Twitter and see because it's something I didn't think we were going to see. Never. No, I was shocked by that. And then there's two Iowa coaches, Bluter and McCaffrey, <laughs> right. you know, standing uh, uh, with the the principals that were right, wrote the check and all smiles and glad to have them on board. Why wouldn't you? It's the era mm-hmm. that we live in and play in. So good for them. And it's not to think that there's going to be any malfeasance. No, of this. no, it's transparent. Yes. That's what it is, and Absolutely. this is a good thing. I also, uh, I believe Tom Caker on his podcast said this was the biggest corporate donation that the Swarm Collective has received. Mm, that, that's great. It is. Um, now, who would sponsor We Will? I, I would guess Jefferson, right? Well, except they're all over the state. See, that's the thing. I think when I, when I think of Elite Sportsbook, kind of over in the eastern part of the state, mm-hmm. are Cyclone fans going to willingly open up a betting account i guess if the if the promo's good enough the the sign up <laughs> bonus is good enough you they you you'll swallow hard and you will mm-hmm. but it's just um are you limiting yourself i don't know I don't what is, what was jordan's jordan said once uh, republicans buy sneakers right, yeah, too something like the, along yeah. those lines yeah. i just if you can do it well it's not? in riverside i mean right 15 minutes south of Stone iowa city Stone, right. and the other ones in the quad cities they also have one it's up in it's on i80 yeah. yeah so yeah, it's They're kind very, of very much Hawkeye Eastern t- Iowa. Hawkeye country. I mean, we got a lot of sports books that mm-hmm. advertise here. Mm-hmm. We don't hear from Elite Sportsbook. Over we don't. There. No, we haven't heard. And of we've people. talked about them uh-huh. when, when they put out those advanced lines. Those were fun to talk about. We talk about everybody. Right. Number one, we talk about a circa. By the way, they got a wrestling lineup. Do tonight. they? Yeah, the Iowa Northwestern uh, wrestling meet. Iowa minus seven, minus four forty on the money line. I'm gonna lay it with the. Hawks tonight. So is that one of your plays oh, of yeah, the day? Absolutely. How did you do yesterday, by the way? Uh, we, just above push, we won .4 units. Went, I think it was 7, 6, and 1, something like that. So, not a great day. Had a couple that went down to the wire, but also stole one with Iowa. Well, yeah, they covered, right? <laughs> they did. And I, I played them. You know I'm not an optimistic, but I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not an optimistic mm-hmm. fan in general. So when they, when they were down 10, I wonder what you... That's, that's when, you, that's that's when, when fired, you bet them. I fired the first time, oh, then they you. were plus two... And there was, what, 11 minutes left in the game at that point? 10, 11? I think it was inside of 10. I was think it, it was, inside? Yeah, it was okay. about nine. Okay. I fired them at that point, and they were like plus 280, something like that. And then again, and it was right before the Chris Murray turnover, when it was 77-70 with two and a half to play. I thought, I still, I still have a feeling they're going to get back <laughs> in this. They were 5-1 to one at that wow. point. And then he turns it over. I'm like, well, that was a dumb bet. Well, and here we are two minutes and 10 seconds later in overtime, and they cruise from there. So, yeah, we've got a little extra bonus there with some live plays. I love live betting basketball. It's dangerous, though. It is so dangerous. So watching those lines, more than anything, I just like watching them and just seeing the, the change and the advancement and how quickly uh-huh. one play, one three-pointer, right. one turnover can change the money and line. And you have to be quick to make your bet, yes, too, you because uh, it's changing very quickly uh, on there. So um, we're both uh, going to participate in the Bet Rivers contest. We mm-hmm. were asked to uh, to drain our accounts. Um, so instead of getting a check, I just fired. Oh, no. You yeah. had 
You had some money in there. I did. I had about five hundred. But you know what? The last thing I need to know is is for my wife to get the mail. Right? Oh, uh, right, right. It's just better off something because then she's going to say, "Well, what are we going to use this extra uh, money precisely. for?" Precisely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. going to put it right back in after the contest is yeah. over, hon. Oh, well, no, you're not. No, um, it's not the way it works. So I so I figured it out. I tried to. I had five hundred dollars, so I, I basically bet everybody down through Dallas. So if I mean, if the Seahawks or the Jags or the Giants or the Vikings, uh, if they win the Super Bowl, I'm out. But everybody that's... So you did, what, 10 $50 bets? No, I, I put like 100 on the Chiefs just okay. so I could get closer to 500 100 mm-hmm. on the Bills. Um, Chargers, of course, I didn't have to bet as much to get right. back up to 500 those type of things. But gotcha. uh, I'm glad that uh, I love these contests that Bet Rivers puts on. Mm-hmm. I do. Wild Rose and uh, Bet Rivers come together for this. And- so we did the season-long college football one. I don't know if we exactly explained what it is. For people that follow along and follow us on Twitter, you can see our picks uh, that we make throughout the playoffs. What we get is five $10 bets. So you can just straight bet it. 10 bucks to win $9.09. You can do that on individual games, or you can play around and put together some teasers, put together some parlays, do that, play same game props, same game parlays, do all the different things that Bet Rivers has. So that's what the contest is using those five bets over the course of the weekend in whatever way that you see fit. You have a plan? You know what you're going to do? I am the defending NFL champion. Yeah, the Rams. Because I had a future on them back when we were allowed to do futures in these contests. That was one that ended up hitting for me. Anything for you? Anything that you're thinking about at this point? We ended up because everybody started falling so far behind in college football. Everyone was just doing parlays to right. try to hit a big. I, you know what I'm going to do this weekend? I'm Because San Francisco is going to be underwater this weekend. It is a massive rainstorm coming mm-hmm. into San Francisco tomorrow. Throughout the whole day. Yep. Throughout the game, it's supposed to pour rain. Um, so I think that levels the playing field a little bit for Seattle. I'm going to bet Seattle outright to win the game, and I'm going to parlay them to the Bengals, who I think will beat the uh, who I think will beat the Ravens, and the um, Bills to beat the Dolphins. So I'm, and I think it's over five to one. Okay, by putting those three together, because if the Seahawks find a way to knock out this, uh, the Niners, and I'm so invested in San Francisco yeah. personally, um, then I get a little bit of a you know saver ticket in that respect. That's about the only thing I've thought of. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're going to win. I don't, but I think it's going to be closer than nine and a half. I think the rain's the great equalizer. I just divisional game, third time in a season, and I said it yesterday. Brock Purdy's got to have a clunker at some point. Well, doesn't he? He is goes. He, is he just going to rip it off and he's going to go nine and I as a thought starter? the clunker was going to be Thursday night on a short week going yeah. to Seattle, right? And they and he won. Didn't. <laughs> he didn't. So. His first playoff game, is is he going to be ready to start in the playoffs? I think the answer is yes. It's against Seattle, too, and that's that's the other component. The Seattle defense has not been good this no, year. It's all, been... all season long. It was Geno Smith was the story mm-hmm. when they got off to that the, really the good secondary's start. secondary's decent. Um, Christian McCaffrey's just changed this whole dynamic for the San Francisco yes. 49ers, in my, in my opinion. they got a great defense to begin with. I think Nick Bosa, I mean, if he's not Defensive Player of the Year, there should be an investigation. <laughs> this guy's been unbelievable. Um, so I, I, I think that um, I think not, the Niners will win. I just don't see them. That's a lot of points. In a quagmire? Yeah. It's going to be bad. Total is down to 42, by the way, in that What game. did it open out at? You know, I would say 44 and a half, was something it? like that. Yeah, I bet it probably gets lower than that. I would guess, too. I, I think you're going to see maybe a 41, mm-hmm. 40 and a half, something in that range. Certainly wouldn't surprise What's me. What's the blowout game of the weekend? Is it Miami-Buffalo? Yeah, I just, I can't see it. I, I cannot envision a scenario uh-huh. 
where Miami even hangs around. Because he got a score to hang around with Buffalo. I know. He I, can't beat that team 13-10. I don't think he can. Palm on the Iowa Everywhere broad, uh, uh, podcast we taped last night, he's trying to talk, he was trying to talk me into the fish. He thinks the number's going to go to 14, 14 and a half. So that's a, I mean, you get past that threshold, that important 14 number. Right now it's 13 and a half. I can't see it. I had a buddy pose this to me the other day. What would be the number for me to have to take Miami? And what was your And I answer? love underdogs. You know this. Yeah, I, I know. love double-digit dogs in the NFL. 17 and a half? It, that, it, was, it was 17. Mm-hmm. I said at 17 at least, I would be thoughtful. 14 does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I really I don't see the way that Miami scores. I think Buffalo is going to be ready to go. They have so much good karma going on. Hamlin's going to the center of the field for the coin toss, isn't I, he? I, I think so. I read another article last night talking about Micah Hyde after we talked about him possibly returning at some point in the playoffs. Not going to play this week. Yeah, but so I heard AFC Championship at the early. That's what they're thinking. Yeah. So uh, there was three different players quoted, though, and just talking about the importance of just having him back there on the practice field, how important he is to their team, just on and on and on. You have that element to it. There's so much So positive. are you starting to like these bills a little bit more? Because we both didn't like the way they finished. Not at all. Not at all. I, I guess... But don't we get in trouble when we start to do narratives? Yes. When we fall into narrative yes. betting or, or narrative yes. picking games, that's when we fall into trouble. And that's, that's what's holding me back from that. But all those feelings, it's the storybook, right? It is. All right, we're going to hear from Chris Williams. I was going to get into, we'll save this for the uh, end of the hour. Uh, AAA ballparks, robo-umps. Did you see that story? I didn't know. Robo-umps are coming to Principal Park. Mm. Half of the AAA uh, ballparks are going to use that solely. You know what? As much as I bitched about it, and I did for years. I know you, for years you haven't stopped. <laughs> I kind of want blue behind the plate. You do? I think I do. It's see, just tradition. See, when you just listen to me, think, think of how much better things are. We didn't but have to Angel argue Hernandez for the last. misses a call by a foot and a half, and you think, good God. We didn't have to argue about this for the last seven years. Well, we, yeah, we did. <laughs> um, we, we did argue about it for yes, the last seven did. years. But now that it's here, I'm thinking, yeah. Because umpires are part of the game. Right. Let's save it. We'll talk about that okay. at the end of the hour. Chris Williams next on Iowa State. Ask him, we get his thoughts on Brock Purdy. Is the stage, is he going to wake up and realize what he's doing at some point and, and the stage that he's on? And of course, Iowa State, speaking of stages, they are as big a stage as there is in the Big 12 tomorrow at 3 o'clock. ESPN Plus has it. If you don't have it, you can hear the game down the hall here on 100.3 The Bus. Before we go to break... It's time for another $1,000 keyword. It's a slam dunk time. KXNO.com. Once you're there, this nationwide contest, the keyword in the 11 o'clock hour is bank. Bank at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 bank at KXNO.com. Another chance coming up in hour number two. Chris next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Nothing on earth that'll get me humming like a heat wave coming I'm running with you, making that pen in the broad daylight. And every night is a Saturday night. Hi, right, welcome back, Miller and Condon.
to just a swinging with John Anderson here on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. That's a name I have not heard in a long time. You know, I actually like that tune for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Chris? You a John Anderson guy? Yeah, Seminole Wind. Seminole Wind. I mean, that's not John Anderson, but I like John Anderson. Yeah, just on the front porch, just a swing. And that was Clint Black. And he's married to Lisa Hartman. How about that? Just flaunting my country knowledge here today. Did you get Entertainment Weekly back in the day? No. I actually went to the Wild Rug Casino up in Jefferson. They had a Clint Clint Black concert a few years ago. I went to it. It was a hell of a time. What um he's got the uh, the taillights song or something too doesn't he Yeah yeah nothing but the taillights Nothing but Absolutely. the taillights there we go All right let's get into Iowa State uh, Let's do the NFL playoffs first of all with Brock Purdy specifically um you know the national media is well was he ever going to realize the stage that he's on I'm not sure. You know, you've certainly known me and interviewed him dozens of times. Does the stage affect him at all? I mean, when, when at, at some point, if they continue to advance through this thing, um, when will he realize, good gosh, I'm about playing the Super Bowl if they do get that far? Or this week, here we go into the postseason. Does, could you see that getting in his head at all, Chris? Or what kind of, how's he built? Not really. I, I think, I mean, he, he was, remember the start of his career, he just gets thrown in as a true freshman on the road against Stillwater and had that game, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, he's built differently from a mental standpoint. I, You know, it's now that we have this hindsight and we can look back at his Iowa State career, like, obviously he's the most decorated quarterback in Iowa State history, but then, like, what else comes to your mind? You think of, like, the boneheaded type plays yep. that, that kind of stand out. Mm-hmm. And and he he doesn't really do that in the pros and I, you know you just wonder and I and I've seen Brock say this to NFL media about the pressure he would put on himself to just be the man and do everything when he was at Iowa State and he just looks so composed to me playing for the Forty ers he, he trusts his he trusts you know why wouldn't you trust Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey right. in that roster yeah that you have around you so I. The one thing I can say about Brock is there's not going to be anybody more prepared. And I I know how much he watches film. I know how smart he is. That's the part of the game that he loves. And I don't know. I just – could he lose in the playoffs? Absolutely. Do I think that it's going to be because he's just, like, wide-eyed? Probably not. I just don't think that that's really how Brock is, is wired. And I, and I think that – you know, and I give Shanahan a ton of credit. I just think it's a perfect pair. I think that we're we're seeing that this these two are really really good together. If Brock played for the Dolphins, I don't think I would have this type of sure. confidence, yeah. right? But I just think it's a really good setup, and he's got that awesome team around him. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's going to get frazzled by any means. I really don't. I think we would have seen it by now. There's I thought that I thought that would happen that night on Thursday when he had to go to Seattle. I yes, we I agree. Something like that. Yep. And we didn't. He didn't even flinch. And he has helped George Kittle career Whew. recently, too. And it's been yeah. fun. Chris, you're a Cyclone. I'm a Hawkeye. We get hard times from the other side of the rivalry from time to time. But this has been something that has united the two fan bases. It's been really fun to watch. And you know, the guys that are usually going back and forth at each other on message boards and on Twitter, uniting with this 49er team, just how crazy it is, and, and seeing Kittle with his personality and Purdy, what he's doing. It's been a really cool story here for our state as well. 
blast. I have, I've had so much fun with it, and Kittle's one of those guys, too, as a cyclone that he's, he's kind of hard to not like. Um, and I, I feel like Brock's kind of the same way. I mean, they're just good guys, and they're they're easy to root for. And then they're, you know, jabbing at each other in postgame right. and bringing yeah. the Cyhawk thing yeah. to a national level, which yep. is a lot of fun. And, and you're right, like, it's just, it's crazy every Sunday. It's like, oh, wait, here's another. Even if you're not like, let's say the 49ers are out of market, you're not watching it. Well, here's another Purdy the Kittle highlight that pops up on. What do they have? Like four or five touchdown passes? I think five. Since Brock took over. Yeah. It, it really is incredible. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a blast. And I will say this. I'm obviously a diehard Vikings fan. Mm-hmm. I'm dreading it if they would meet in the second. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really am. That's how much I like Brock. You know, I, I mean, I, I'll root for Minnesota, but like, I it's gonna be it, that'll be a really difficult one for me because I just I like that Forty ers team so much and and what Brock and, and yeah, the Kittle factor. It's just it's an incredible story and one that I don't really want to see come to an end. Well, we got a little time here. Give us a hit on the Vikings. It feels like everybody nationally <laughs> loves the Giants this week. I liked them a ton as the odds came out on Sunday night into Monday, but now feels like everybody's on the Giants. Where are you with your Vikings? I'm, I'm, I have the same feeling as you, Trent. If you would have asked me on Monday, I would have been all over the Giants, and now it just seems, I don't know. Like I think I don't think Minnesota's this like Super Bowl contender, but I also don't think they're as bad as everybody says either. Like They've you know, if you look at them a year ago, well, what was their – well, they lost every close game. Well, now they've won every close game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that – sometimes that's a fluke. Sometimes that's just kind of who a team is. And, listen, I, I, I a lot like Purdy and Shanahan. I mean, I've watched a ton of Kirk Cousins football over the years, and I, <laughs> I think that Kevin O'Connell's done yes, a lot huge. for him. Like, you know, I, I, I think it's pretty clear now when you've watched – cousins this year that his relationship with Mike Zimmer was was not good mm-hmm. um and I I actually think the Vikings are going to win the, the closer we get to this thing I just the Giants don't terrify me I'll put it that way I don't think I would pick the Vikings to win many playoff games this year but I, I just I actually in a weird way too I think it favors the Vikings that they played a few weeks ago and Minnesota had to win it in dramatic fashion I mean anyone who watched that game not like the Giants were just a lot better than Minnesota. I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Vikings, then they'll lose next week in San Francisco. Mm. I know on Sunday, I'm not sure if it's an Iowa Everywhere Endeavor or Cyclone Fanatic, you and Brent Bloom sit down and uh, do your Sunday podcast. I, I'm anxious to, I'm sure you saw the Elite Sportsbook news that they've written a check for uh, $500,000 to the Swarm. I saw that, yeah. Um, could you see that happening with, with We Will? Would they be willing to, um, to, to go down that road if, you know, if there is a local sports book that wants to get involved, our local casino in the state of Iowa that wants to get involved and, you know, do what, uh, Elite did for the, the swarm, uh, do, do for We Will. Would they accept that, do you think? I have no idea, but I, I, I don't know any reason why they wouldn't. Right. I mean, there's nothing the says you shouldn't. The, yeah, the way all the, it's not like, oh, okay, now, uh, Jaron Holmes has to go and place bets. You know, like it's <laughs> yeah. all a charitable thing. Like it, when you get down to the nitty gritty yeah. of those things, and like I mean, I I don't know how the Iowa one's set up, but my interpretation of it is that Elite Sportsbooks is making a five hundred thousand dollar donation to get Iowa players to go out and 
perform charitable acts in other places. Right. I'm it, sure that's so what it's it not, is. Yeah, you're not going to get Caleb yeah, Grill's picks if they write something. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> Yeah, I think that that would be a, a no-no. Sure. If if it's like, hey, come hang out at our um, sports book for two hours, and like, but you know, no, I, I don't think it'd be a problem at all. I I think in fact that I'm, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be. Gotcha. Well, let's get into the matchup. Well, actually, let's go back before we go forward. I thought that the a Texas team was coming to Ames, uh, Chris, earlier in the week. That was. They weren't they they weren't embarrassed in any of their Big Twelve games up until this point. Yep, they hadn't. They were still looking for their first win in conference. But if it would have should have, this record could be two and one. Bare minimum, they would have yeah. been off the Schneid in the Big Twelve. Iowa State never gave them a chance in that basketball game. That's that surprised me. I'm glad to see it, but I didn't expect to see that, Chris. They keep surprising me. Every game I go into right now, I'm like, oh, they're going to lose and come back to reality. That game the other night was. The that was the best I think a TJ team has played at Iowa State. Maybe I mean maybe you could go to the Wisconsin those tournament games last year potentially, but like that was all the way around. Um, I've never seen one of TJ's teams going back to South Dakota State playing with that type of confidence, and it, it's really a testament to because here's the thing, like. It just pure talent wise, what are they eighth or ninth in the Big Twelve? Mm, you know, yeah. like they're not they're not overly talented, but they've got those guys playing with so much confidence. Right, Gabe Kalster thinks he's Steph Curry, right? Now. <laughs> you know, yeah. And he's, don't tell him any different. Crash, <laughs> yeah, it's probably crashing down at some point. Yeah. I don't. Can they keep up? Like right now, they have the best shooting percentage of any Big Twelve team during conference play. They are the second most wow. efficient offense in the entire com- in the Big Twelve since Big Twelve play began. That's insane. Like this is the <laughs> same group that you know was in the one thirties not that long ago. So, but listen, like they're getting better. Like that's the thing. Like they really are. And like I, I, that was, I was, I was set up for them to lose to Texas Tech. I thought it was a perfect trap game. Like you said about Tech, Iowa State going into that one was a couple of shots away from being one and two. Let's mm-hmm. be honest, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and they just went out there, and that was a statement when I thought, uh, what happens tomorrow, we'll find out. I, I I think it'd be a pretty big chore to go on the road and win an Allen Fieldhouse. Nobody does that anymore. But the the, the thing about it is I, I think it was late middle to late February last year when they won their fourth Big 12 game. They've mm. got it right now in the middle of January, so they've built up such a cushion. When you talk about the tournament, they're in really, really good shape now. In good shape, not just to be a tournament team or to be in the top half of the bracket, and kind of dreaming about a top-four seed, and with it, potential playing here in Des Moines. I mean, just imagine Wells Fargo Arena. You get to play those first and second round games here. That thing is going to be nuts. Yeah. No, I mean, it really, I don't even know what else to say about them. It, they just keep overachieving. That, that I didn't think there was any chance. I mean, you, you thought, I thought going into this year with this group, man, it, if you can be on the bubble selection Sunday, that's a pretty successful season. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, they are right now, you know, if they win the games that they should the rest of the way, they will be a top-four seed, Yeah. right? Um, but I, I still, like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel 
I almost feel bad about this because I, I still just sit here and waiting for like they're gonna have a clunker. They have to. They're right. just not that. They're just not that skilled. But the thing is, it's like you can always count on. They don't have other than that night in Iowa City. They did not bring it that night. But mm-hmm. we've clearly seen they rebounded from that and they used it to their advantage. Um, they they bring it every night with the same intensity, with the same level of defense. And if you do that, guys, you're getting points off of ter- they turn they turn the opposition over percentage wise more than anybody else in the country mm. which leads to easy baskets right so you can always count on that so even on their bad nights theoretically they should be in you know one or two possession games at the final media timeout so you're always giving yourself a chance when you can do that and that's what's so impressive about this group uh, are you um, as disappointed as, as as Trent and I are that ESPN Plus has this Kansas Iowa State game tomorrow? It just seems like yeah, it's... I, yeah, I am. Listen, I get it. I know what they're doing. They need to be able to flex out of that. Mm-hmm. When they sign, you know, when they created this game, they've done this with Iowa State Kansas for all years, the time. But, yes, because they know that these two fan bases are the most nuts in the Big Twelve, and they'll pay for anything to watch their team. But. You know, when they when they do that, I don't think anybody thinks that it's two top 15. I mean, if the rankings came out right now, Iowa State would probably be in the top 10. So you would have two top 10 teams in Allen Field, and that's just flat out bad for your conference now because, you know, that would be one of the premier games of college ba- maybe the premier game in college basketball this week. Yeah, could be. Schedule. Mm-hmm. And, like, one-tenth of the country is going to see it now. And so that's just bad business for ESPN, who's a partner of the Big 12. They've got to have a way, in my mind, to flex out of that and be like, oh, okay, well, this ACC game is on ESPN at that time that nobody cares about. Let's put that on the ACC network and move this one over to ESPN or ESPN2. It's just, to me, I, I get it. I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to get people to sign up for ESPN+. It's a business model for them in the streaming era. But at some point it becomes bad business when a really good part of your product that you're paying for, you're just burying. And the production level sucks. That's the thing. Like If they had like the same announcers and the same TV crew, right. it would be one thing. <clears throat> yep. They don't. The production level is terrible on these games. So it's just it's unfortunate. I, I, they need to do a flex type thing. That's all I have to like, bury. Uh, something like the NFL where you can make some sort of a programming decision like a couple weeks before. If they could have done that two weeks ago, they would have known this was going to be a pretty good game, right? And now it's still buried on ESPN+. Plus. It's just unfortunate. There was one of those in football. I think it was maybe Oklahoma State against TCU, something like that earlier this year. One of the conference games early Mm -hmm. on. And it was the biggest game of the Big 12 that Mm -hmm. weekend, but before the year it was on Plus. And they couldn't flex out of it. You're right. That that's something that needs to be amended and made right, and give that flexibility because it's important. It's important for the visibility yeah. of the conference, both both football and basketball wise. Yeah, I mean, and everybody who's a Big Twelve fan will be able to watch this game on Saturday. Sure. The problem is the country. Like, well, and like, what about a Wooden Award voter who? Sure. Maybe you know, like, just little things like that, or like, like AP Top Twenty Five voters. Mm-hmm. You know, or the or the writers in the Pac Twelve who vote on that going to be downloading ESPN. I doubt it, you know. like and Maybe that's a guy who's in his hotel room getting ready to cover a game and he's flipping around and, oh, I can't find this game. Right? Like, you really want to find it, you can, but it's it just makes it all that more difficult for the casual people, and that's, that's where it starts to hurt the league. 
Iowa everywhere, Cyclone Fanatic. Uh, one more, Trent? Yeah, one on the football. Jordan Langs, do you know anything about him? The new running uh, back coach with that bit. slash special teams yeah. coach. That's yeah. the one that gets us excited. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I really like it just from, I, I don't know much about this guy, but um, putting a former head coach in that position, I think, is really smart. I mean, this, this is, again, I did do some research, and for whatever it's worth, this guy's Indiana Wesleyan NAIA team was a badass special teams team. So <laughs> right. we'll see if that can, we'll see if it can translate. But I mean, this is a guy who's run his own program for six years, and now you're just handing it over to him like this aspect of the team. So it's like, you know, you're not bringing some guy who's a GA who's never had those responsibilities. Right. I guess I'm yeah. okay with it. You yeah. know, I, I we'll see how it plays out. But I, I don't. It's hard to critique this one. I feel like it's a decent hire. Uh, and, of course, Hank Petit coming over as well. That looks like a good one as well. He's got some experience uh, at the highest level. Yeah. Too. Uh, Chris feels like that one just fell into – and he's got a kid, too, who's a really good high school. Oh, really? So keep, yeah, keep an eye on that. He's like a four-star kid. That doesn't hurt. Well, if you get a, a chance to ask Bloom on Sunday night about that, uh, the Elite Casino, I'd, uh, I'd appreciate it. Good stuff, Chris. Iowa everywhere, Cyclone Fanatic. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you next week. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate yep. you. Appreciate talk it. Then. Good talk to you. Uh, Chris Williams on Iowa State. Time out. Come back. Finish uh, up the hour. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.0. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the uh, first hour of the program. Mike Palm from Las Vegas kicks off hour number two. Wade Lookingville on the Hawks and then our picks. So back to the baseball story. AAA, including um, uh, Principal Park, will have a auto, uh, an automated strike zone. Mm-hmm. So what this means, if I've, I've read the article right, uh, and it tells me we probably should get Tommy Birch or someone from the iCubs on here to corroborate what I think is how it's going to work, is half of the games in AAA will go Strictly with the robo-umps. Yes. The other half will have an umpire calling balls and strikes, but the manager will be given three challenges where they can go to the robo, robot, robot and say, did the umpire get that right? And if the team is correct in their challenge, they keep the challenge. They only get three. Mm-hmm. But as long as you get it right, you don't, you don't waste a challenge. So a couple of things. It's going to take arguing out of the game, yes. which I'm going to miss. You know what is also a big aspect of this? The catching position is going to change drastically. The framers, the good pitch framers. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard that about a catcher? Right? He's a great framer. Um, he can Every single game, he steals a couple of strikes for his pitchers. And that data's out there. And, and that data is that. out there. You're 100% right. So with the automated system, it won't do it. I... I got to see it in work, though. You know, I, I just want to see the way that it is because how many times I'll hear you complaining about some ball strike call because right. on the K zone that you happen to be watching, right, 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 it's a strike. Yeah, and then on another one, a more advanced one that you see, it wasn't a strike. Mm-hmm. What is the technology that they're using? And how much of the ball has to be in the box for it? To, if it just ticks the box, right, and is it, it a strike ends up in the dirt? You know, it's a sinker. It ticks the bottom of the zone and ends up in the dirt. Well, that's a strike. Mm-hmm. That's again, as we talked about with guys sliding past the base in that millisecond yeah. that their fingers off that's there. That's not why it was that rule was put in place. And I agree that's why I've always had the yeah. huge concern with robo umps behind the plate because of factors just like that. Yeah, it it ticked just a portion of the strike zone, but mm-hmm. it's not a strike. Mm-hmm. And in this system, 
it will be a strike. That's going to be incredibly difficult. And these challenges, how quickly do you have to make a challenge? Are you going to see a replay? Are you going to have a K-Zone in your dugout? Mm. Are you going to have somebody up in the booth that's going to be able to see in real time this happening? Mm -hmm. Those are questions that also need to be answered. And not just at the AAA level, if we do implement this at some level, at the major league level, that's usually the way it goes, though. Yeah, five seconds? How quick do you have to do it where you're not using now a replay component or just in live time, but people having that data in your organization being able, hey, this is an automatic challenge here. Be careful what you wish for because mm-hmm. now it's here, and I wish that I wouldn't have been one of that on that uh, uh, bandwagon to we need roll ball outs. Man, I just – I mean, Lou Pinella, Earl Weaver, <laughs> right. Billy Martin. Bobby um, Cox. Bobby Cox. Some of the great <laughs> – um, managers that blow a stack or blow their stack at the umpire. That's part of it, man. Now he's going to be yelling at a robot. Yeah, not the same. Uh, Miller and Condon have an hour to go. Mike Palm will kick it off. Wade Looking Bill on Iowa. They'll face Maryland coming up on Sunday. Our picks as well. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.